Welcome to another edition of Be a Peacemaker. I am Dr. Michael Patterson. I'm here today with my buddy Nick Stone Street. How you doing, Nick? Good, Dr. Patterson. It's great to be back here with you. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a bit has happened in your life since our last episode. I think you've done a little international traveling. Yeah, we just got, speaking of peacemakers, you know, Miss uh, Naomi King, one of the really great friends of Ronald Blue Trust, is uh, we got to go to Nigeria with her and give out school supplies to kids and go to a wedding and visited a mega church there with her. It was really a, it was an inspiring time. It's, I, you know, it's funny, Mike, I, I talked about the test of a person's character is how they uh, behave in airports. And um, <laughs> okay. we, we got to the airport in Lagos at, at midnight. The flight was supposed to leave at 4.45 a.m. It had already been delayed six hours. And... Um, didn't leave until about 5.45 a.m., so five hours and 45 minutes in an airport for a 91-year-old lady. And wow. Not one complaint. Wow. Checking on other people. How are, are you okay? Are okay. you all okay? Mm. Amazing. She's Amazing. a special woman. Amazing woman. Yeah. Wow. Well, we are here today with our guest, Kitty Hill. Kitty Good Hill, morning. welcome to our edition of Peacemakers and to our listening audience, we like to engage in conversations that lead to transformation. And as we think about who we like to just have discourse with, you came to our minds. Uh, you have definitely had and still have a very interesting life. And uh, we're thankful that you're here today to share some of your life's journey with us. So yeah. we're going to jump right in. Kitty, how did we even meet? I, I think that was the most unique experience I've had in a long time. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we met in the community. We met uh, out doing the, the, the work of trying to uh, provide service to the community. We met uh, because you're planning a church in the community that God has sent me to to, uh, to serve. And when I think about it, um, the actual meeting place was at the governor's mansion, a mutual friend that we all know uh, invited both of us to the governor's mansion to, to speak with Governor Kemp. And um, it was at that breakfast meeting that as we went around the table to say introduce who we were and what we were working on and what we're doing, that you mentioned what you were doing. And I was like, that sounds just like the church that's in my community. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, God has a unique way of bringing people together for sure. Yeah, I, at that breakfast with Governor Kemp, it was an interesting time. But it also shows that when there are opportunities, you take them. You take the opportunities. Absolutely. You don't let the petty differences um, separate us because if we hadn't gone, we probably would not have met each other. You just never know how life works. But, you know, in getting to know you, Kenny, I have grown in my respect and admiration for your conviction about people. And uh, I know you wrote a book that chronicled your life. Uh, you want to share your title with us and what prompted you to write the book? Absolutely. So the title of the book is Elevated. Uh, and it really just describes my journey uh, as a, a young boy growing up in poverty, uh, single parent home, the eldest of seven siblings. There was not much that looked like success uh, in my early upbringing. Uh, as I look back, though, my mom was sowing the seeds of success in my life through prayer and, and, and engaging me and, and helping me understand that 
you know, we serve a God who's able to do anything. Um, it took me to learn that for myself. So I had to journey through the trials of uh, trying to do it without God and then trying to do it through the, the constraints of I'm checking all the boxes of what it takes to be a good Christian. And then finally to becoming ingrained in God's character and having a relationship with him that uh, not just results in a, a list of things that I do because I'm a Christian, but a lifestyle that I live, and that he lives through me, <laughs> that reaches other people. Uh, and that is, those are the levels of elevation, the levels of transformation that happened for me. So I capture that in the book to uh, be an encouragement to other people. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. That's so powerful, Kenny. And, you know, I, I love the idea of how much time you spend in the community and the things that you do for others. What do you think drove you to that? A lot of people express their faith in, in different ways, but, you know, Jesus expressed his faith in working in communities, and it seems like that's a path you've chosen as well. Yes, he did. He served. Uh, he went out and sought the least and the lost. And um, for for me, I was the least and the lost for so much of my life. Mm -hmm. And I can remember it just like it was yesterday. When I look into the eyes of the children that we serve through our literacy program, I see myself. Somebody struggling with school and education being one of the pathways or one of the tools to alleviate my situation uh, but there was somebody there. God sent somebody to step in to encourage me and said, hey, you can do this. I, I see potential in you. Uh, so every day that I get up, when I look in the eyes of my children, I love them and I see the great potential God has for them. But as I look into their eyes, I, I can remember where I was when I was their age. And it looked a lot different. Wow. And I remember the people who I went out and served last week to try to encourage them, you know, as young people to, to pay attention because I'm here because I see greatness in you. So everything that I experience day to day is a reminder of where I've been and where God has brought me from. And then he's just placed in me. Uh, and I, and I, I, it's funny because my mom tells me the story that when I was little, whenever someone would visit us, if they had kids with them, when they got ready to leave, I would go get all my toys and try to give my toys to the to them as they were oh, leaving. Wow. Okay. And uh, so I think there's just something in me that God has wired me just to to be a giver and to it pleases me to see someone's life impacted. Mm -hmm. I, I get more out of knowing somebody's life has been impacted than seeing another digit in my bank account or in my investment portfolio. Um, you know, those things are important, but I think they're important as a means of being able to reach more people. Amen. Wow. Kenny, aside from your mom, who, who else influenced you? Who else saw something special in you? And everybody kind of needs a break mm -hmm. in life. And I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I think of two or three people that helped me uh, at critical moments when it could have gone the other way for me. Who are some of the people that kind of helped you? Yes, I, that's so true. And without people, and you never know, it's not, it doesn't always take a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's just a word of encouragement. It's just taking interest in what someone's doing to give them the, the, the encouragement to continue in the right path. And God sent people in my path. 
and, 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 and some of them were able to be an example where I could look at where they were and say, yeah, I want to be like that. And then some of them were to give me encouragement and say, hey, you know, you can do better than what you're doing. Um, there's more for you if, you if you'll be consistent. So God sent me. He, my godfather was just a tremendous blessing in my life, and he sent him to me to, to show me what could be possible because all around me was the evidence of what I didn't want, the poverty, the crime, uh, people, you know, uh, taking advantage of, other, of each other. Uh, but to have someone with a fresh perspective step in and say, every day doesn't have to be like today, mm-hmm. and everywhere is not like where you are now. That's where good. was that, Kenny, and how old were you then? So, yeah, I, w- I, was, I was still still in high school. I was um, in the midst of all the pools of, you know, trying to find my identity, which was really uh, challenging because I didn't have my father in my life, so I grew up with a lot of just uh, uh, anxiety about, you know, why am I not accepted? And, and questions, you don't have anybody to answer for you, right? Mm-hmm. My mom tried to explain it the best she could, but the person who had the answer to why my father's not in my life was not there to answer mm-hmm. that. So just really having to battle uh, with identity, which is a part of, you know, middle school, high school, everybody yeah, has sure. that struggle. But when... Uh, when you have a, a key piece of what God has intended for your life missing, uh, the enemy jumps in to try to exploit that. Um, and so it was during that time of me searching and wanting to, to, to belong and wanted to know where I fit in that God sent uh, uh, godly men to say, hey, what you, what's around you doesn't define you. Mm. You know, and, and what you're dealing with today, this is here for a season, but you can rise above it. Uh, and God is giving you what it takes to do that, and you have to use it. And, and that, was, that was the encouragement I needed to, you know, challenge myself to do more. I could have accepted what everybody else was doing as this is, this is what life has presented, and this is, you know, what I have to deal with. But God sent me people to challenge me to say, you can do more. So, Kenny, what happened with some of your peers Wow. You know, I pray for them because, you know, every time I go back to where home was then, you know, I struggle to find them. Um, But, yeah, just at an early age, um, involved in gangs, involved in drugs, and and what happens when you're involved with them with a lot of lives cut short, a lot of lives spent behind bars, uh, a lot of lives hooked uh, on irreversible, uh, irreversible damage due to substance abuse. Things that, you know, it's amazing to look at. These are the guys we all played in the park with, I grew up with. And then as we grew, their lives just were, were, were torn from the path that I know God had intended for them. Uh, but by his grace, you know, I made it. I made it out. And, and, I, and I'm forever mindful that the only thing separating me from where they where they ended up and where they struggle to this day is God's grace. Mm, there wow. were times, I mean, there I can remember times where I was about to get arrested and God opened the door for me to get out. I remember times where I was out of control on a in a car on a, hanging off the side of a mountain with traffic coming the other way that could have just knocked me off the mountain in the car to a, a certain death. I mean, there were just so many times where it was just his grace. 
mm-hmm. that was there just to, to, to watch over me. And you said something that's very deep and profound about your mother, how much she prayed for you, taught you about God. And that's a great reminder to parents that we really need to pray for our children. We need to talk to them about God. And I met your mom. She's a sweet lady. (laughs) Something else we have in common. Her name is Miss Gloria. Yes, yes. That's that's my mother's name. (laughs) And uh, you're the oldest of seven. come from a large family. I come from a large family. So it's really cool when God allows you to meet people who have a similar upbringing. You know, I understand what it's like to grow up in poverty. But your story in the book is so compelling because you talked about being in college, being in college and then finding the job you wanted to get. I believe that was Home Depot. Yes, it was. Yeah, let's talk about that because I thought it was very interesting. Yes, Home Depot was a great learning ground uh, for my life. Uh, it was a company that had great leadership and, and core values, and that was good for me because um, there were a lot there are a lot of companies that, you know, the profit is the, is king. That's all they mm-hmm. focus on, and then they'll, everything else is subject to what is it going to take to reach that number. Uh, but there was a company in Home Depot that placed how we treat each other and how we treat our customers as priority. And and our founders had the firm belief that if we take care of each other and together we take care of our customers, then the bottom line will take care of itself. And it's just, you know, for me, that was rare. Um, And still to this day, I don't don't see that being uh, a major focus for a lot of major organizations. Okay, now didn't you as a young man get on the plane and fly to Atlanta? Yes, I did. So uh, my mentor challenged me. Uh, one of the ways he challenged me to to write a letter to the CEO. I had been working about three and a half years at Home Depot. I was in college. I think it was my junior year. And he said, "You need to write the um, the CEO and let him know you you're about to graduate and let him know what you feel about you know working with the company." And I'm just thinking, I'm the last person that the CEO wants to hear from. <laughs> Uh, but my mentor insisted, so I did. Wrote the letter and just, you know. Who was the CEO at the so time? So at the time, it was our founder, Bernie Marcus. Okay. He was the CEO, and uh, he, I wrote the letter thanking him for the culture he created and that I was enjoying to, as an employee, and then I told him I was uh, studying and about to graduate and just really look forward to how I could grow with the company and he responded. I, it blew me away because I was expecting that to just be something his maybe his secretary got and threw in the shredder. But uh, he responded. He wrote me back and you know said, "Congratulations on your upcoming degree. Uh, I want you to reach out to our, our uh, vice president of human resources." Uh, and and I was like, "Wow!" And I did. So that's how I ended up uh, coming to Atlanta for the first time. Was hey, I. The company I was working for as a student invited me to come and, and meet with, with senior leadership. Wow. That's mm. a bold request. Yes, it was. <laughs> That's great. It was. That's great, Ken. It was. And, and that was another one of the ways that you know, I had people to challenge me. Because right. if, if the challenge wasn't there, I would have never done it. I would have never written that letter on my own. And I never would, maybe, never would have ended up coming to Atlanta, which was truly God's plan for me. I'm sure of that. Being here in Atlanta... Uh, experiencing the things I've experienced, 
developing the way I've developed and, and uh, reaching out to the people that I've reached out to was all a part of God's plan. So your mentor challenged you, you followed through on it, came to Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, sir. Now, how many years did you work with Home Depot? Because I know you're retired from Home Depot. So, Well, yeah, uh, um, 30 years. So start oh. when you start as a student, you know. <laughs> okay. Oh, you count your college years. Yes, I started, okay. yeah, started as a student. Uh, and um, 30 years later, I was still enjoying what I was doing, having experienced what it meant to do business God's way uh, along the way, uh, which was pivotal because – Coming out of college, I thought, you know, I have an education and I know how to network. And those are the things that everybody tells you are so important. You, mm -hmm. know? you, you know, get your degree, know your business, and then know how to network. And that's your key to be able to rise in any organization. And so I was prepared to do that. And I went at it with all my energy. Um, and it got me nowhere. I mean, I, I mean, there were benefits that every associate got and those were the ones I had. My college degree did not seem to move the needle for me. My hard work didn't mm -hmm. seem to move the needle. My extra work and effort, my networking, all of those things that I tried uh, just fell flat. Mm -hmm. um, and God was trying to show me that, you know, for me, there was a path that included his character and his nature. Mm -hmm being presented as the key to my success. And so of that 30-year career, I would say it's about 15 years of it that Kenny Hill was trying to do it his way and show the world that you know he knew what was going on and it was not working. It's so interesting, Kenny, because so many times you hear, and, and you know, it is good, I mean, obviously, to have your college degree and work hard and go after it and do the networking. And sometimes we feel like, you know, something or someone is holding us back. I felt that way before. And then what I found out, it's actually God holding me back, using someone or something so I could learn the lessons. So where did, where did that intersection with God really yes. come in? Yes, he's, he's, he's such a good father that he, he's insistent that we learn these lessons before we move forward. For me, it, it, there was a intersection uh, at the time I was married my first marriage things weren't going so well there a lot of it had to do with my career because things were still not working in my career uh, and it all came to a head it just came to my my first wife said you know what that's it I'm leaving and now here um, Nick I'm a Christian um, serving in my church I'm volunteering in the youth ministry you know, I'm doing all, I read my Bible, I pray every day. I'm doing all the things, you know, the checklist. checking the whole list off, right? And now my wife's leaving. And mm -hmm. I'm like, what do I do to deserve this? I've been faithful. I used to work and bring the check that I did earn. I'd bring it and give it to her, say, here's the check. And then she'd give me gas money to get to work for the next two weeks. And, you know, I didn't. I did that. That was our, our agreement. She, she was better at the finances, so here... You do what you do. And so I was just caught so off guard that how can this happen? And, and I got really frustrated with God. I was like, God, you know, what's going on? You know, this shouldn't be happening to me. And then the enemy tried to make me feel guilty. It's like, you can't even keep your marriage together. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. How can you be a minister? Because that was the thing, the gospel was so precious to me just because I saw how God had rescued me mm-hmm. from what I grew up in. And so the enemy attacks my message, like you shouldn't even mention anything. Look at, you can't even keep your marriage together. Mm. And it's deep. So, um, yeah, but in, in, and I found myself face down in the carpet of an empty house because all the furniture was gone, crying a puddle in the tear, a, a, a puddle of tears in the carpet, saying, God, what did I do to deserve this? And you can't leave me like this. Mm-hmm. And just really crying out because I was at the end of myself. I, because all my Bible study, all my prayer, all my hard work, all my networking, everything that Kenny Hill knew mm-hmm. had been fully implemented and I'd done it to the max. And it, I was bankrupt. I was like, this is not how it's supposed to be. And I remember hearing God's voice through my tears, and he told me, love is the answer to your mm. situation. Mm. And I said, not the message you wanted. <laughs> I said, love yeah. has nothing to do with this. <laughs> I mean, I was always a nice guy. I treated right, everybody right, respectful. Right. My mm-hmm. mom raised me mm-hmm. to be polite. So I'm thinking in my mind, God, are you hearing my prayer or is that for somebody else? Because love has nothing to wow. do wow. with what I'm going through. And he challenged me, and he said, what does John 3.16 say? For God so loved the world that he gave. And he said, stop right there. He said, love gives. And kindness is your key. Hmm. And I just, you know, I was just, that was just to me like, God, why am I even praying? Because that you're talking to me about something that has nothing to do with my situation. But I'm going to take what you've just given me and I'm going to run with it. Just to prove that this has nothing to do with my situation. Oh, that's that's okay. where I okay, was. So I said, I'm going to ah. do this, but I'm doing it. Be, I'm to show you that this has nothing to do. My love walk has nothing to do with my situation. So you were kind of like Jonah. You knew best stuff. I was. <laughs> I was embarrassed. I, yeah. I felt like I was an embarrassment to, to God. Okay. And he was letting it happen. So I was like, you know, what's going on here? Right. But I tell you, Nick, I, I determined in my heart, I said, I'm, I'm going to go out of my way to be genuinely kind to everybody that crosses my path. Mm-hmm. So I work in a Home Depot location. There's like 103 employees. There's about 8,000 people that come through there a day. But I, may, I said, I'm going to do that. And I started investing kindness into the lives of my associates, Mm. investing kindness in every uh, customer interaction. And two wonderful things happened. One, every act of kindness that I extended to someone else, it began to heal my heart. Mm. Wow! All that brokenness from Mm -hmm. my wife leaving me, all the frustration from my career not elevating, all, he was just like, there was a stitch being put in place every time. Mm-hmm. I was going out of my way to help somebody wow. else. And he taught me, he's like, whenever things in your life are just beyond control and in chaos, f- stop focusing on that and focus on what you can do for somebody else.